Today, it's a Twitter mailbag day, and y'all sent in kind of a lot, so I'm breaking it down into current football questions, recruiting questions, and then future football questions, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole nine sports. Before getting into today's content, just ask you to like, subscribe, comment, review. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know how I can make it better. Also, I know it's Twitter mailbag day. I did get two basketball questions, but those are going to be answered later in the week because I just didn't have time to switch it up at that point. But we are starting off with the current football questions. And uh, again, I'm not giving away Twitter handles. If it was like a DM, because I don't know if they want their Twitter handles out there. But I will say the first name. Uh, First one's from Colin, and he says, I'm not bought in on the offense. Do you think the defense has what it takes to get this team to a bowl game? Um, look, I, I, I'll say like, I am a bit bought in on the offense, whether or not I think they'll be able to consistently do things week in and week out, consistently move the ball, consistently score points. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a bit more bought in on the offense. I do think the defense will be lights out. I've been very open that I love what Patrick, Tony and Sean Spencer are bringing to the table, both just as developers and as uh, as play callers and schemers, I guess would be the way to go about it. Um, I think a bowl game should be the expectation this year. I, I, I'm not bought in on people saying that this Florida Gators team is not going to be as good as we initially thought, or it's going to be a bad team in general. Um, I, I think that the offense is going to be relatively safe and that the defense is going to be aggressive, attacking, and just so smart where, yeah, I I think opposing offenses are going to have a difficult time against this defense. And I think that this offense will be able to put up at least a couple touchdowns a week and kind of get this, kind of just get points on the board here. I also think that the defense will uh, bring this offense in good field position and make it a lot easier for the offense to be able to score more points week in and week out. So, yeah, I, I think a bowl game should be the expectation I think eight to nine wins is kind of the ceiling that I see here. So I guess it's somewhere between six to nine wins is kind of how I think this season could work out for the Florida Gators. Um, This is a DM from AAA. Um, Did you see BGB's list about blowouts? Um, Yes, I did. I did see it. It was big game boomeries, BGB. uh, For those of you who don't know, and he puts out a bunch of lists all the time. Um, and, and he put out a list, I believe it was last like Wednesday, where it was uh, predicting the top 40 biggest blowouts in college football. And, and the Florida Gators were on six of the games, if I'm not mistaken. And the Florida Gators were on the losing end of all six of the blowouts. And uh, look, I mean... Prince Liam and Mialine was just like, this is stupid. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's it's honest. It, it's just him being honest because, yes, I did see the list. Um, I think it's ridiculous clickbait. And I think it's like just, it's just a horribly uninformed opinion. 
to just say that all all those teams are going to blow out Florida because it was like it was like Florida State and, and Tennessee that were going to blow Florida out. And look, there there might be some games where it does happen to Florida. Maybe one or two games where it'll be tough for Florida, but Florida State and Tennessee blowing out the Florida Gators. I poof. Okay, just yeah, yeah, dumb. It's as simple as that. Big game boomer. That is one of the worst lists I've ever seen. Um, but I get it. You know, you got to generate clicks somehow. Florida has a big fan base, so put Florida on the losing end there, and and just accept the barrage that's going to come your way just to create engagement. So I get it. I get it. Uh, it it's stupid, and it, it's the worst way to go about growing your brand. But I get it. Uh, and then a DM from Alex, who Alex asked. Two questions uh, in the DM, but you're only allowed to ask one. Uh, Alex asked two questions in the DMs, but the other one is about recruiting. So we'll we'll end this segment with this question, and then we will go to the recruiting question in the next segment, which, again, will be all about recruiting. Uh, but it's about – I mean, Alex just put strongest and weakest positions. So not even really a question, just like a, a request for what I think the strongest and weak positions are for this Florida Gators team. Um, strongest, I think, is secondary – uh, I, I've been very open that I think this secondary is phenomenal this year. I think it's got a ton of top end talent and depth behind it. So, so I think secondary, if I have to get more specific, I'll say safety. Um, I've been very open that I, I think the sec, I think the safeties here are great. Like I am bought in on Rashad Torrance being one of, if not the best safety in college football, I am bought in on, uh, on on trading being an all conference safety, I, I and I think that's I think that's a reasonable expectation to have, especially when you look at how he's actually going to be properly used in this defensive scheme this year with Patrick Tony. Uh, also behind them, Donathan McMillan, I'm bought in on Corey Collier, I'm bought in on um, Kamari Wilson, I'm bought in on, and Kamari Wilcoxon, I'm mm, kind of bought in on. But I mean, if if you're the sixth safety that I'm talking about, I'm cool with that. Uh, and also, yeah, I'm not the type to be just bought in on everybody, but when we're looking at safety, yeah, I, I, I'm bought in on safety weakest position. Um, I'd probably say wide receiver. Uh, I, so I don't think that Florida really has many weak position groups. Um, I think it's just got a bunch of question marks. Actually, actually weakest. I'd, I'd probably say linebacker. Um, as, as well as, as highly touted as, as they've been this spring. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably say linebacker. Ventron Miller is, you know, he, he's linebacker one, but he's a bit of a liability in coverage. Dewan Black is someone who's lit it up all spring and in the spring game, but we haven't seen him play linebacker full-time in an actual season. Um, Derek Wingo, same thing. We haven't seen him play full-time in an actual season. Everybody. We haven't seen them play full-time in the natural season, and the only people that we have are Ventro Miller, and we know that he's kind of a liability in coverage, and Amari Bernie is someone that I am I am hard-pressed to buy into uh, Amari Bernie this year, no matter how much they go, oh, it's it's a coach and a 30-year-old man. Like, he's great, and it's like, well, that he's still not great. I don't think so. Um, I was thinking receiver because I was like, well, we have Justin Shorter is kind of the only guy that's proven there uh xavier henderson has not really proven himself he's a highly touted recruit and, and i think he's good but he hasn't proven himself um and then you've got 
Trent Widmore is same same thing. I I I I don't think he's proven. Fenley Graham is obviously someone who just moved to receiver, so I don't think he's proven. Marcus Burke not proven. Uh, so I was gonna say wide receiver, but I'd probably say linebacker is more of a. I, I feel like receivers a lot of question marks. Linebackers a lot of we know the top guys and we're not bought in on them, and then it's question marks after that. Uh, but we are about to get into the second segment where we're going to talk about all about recruiting. But first, a little word from our sponsors. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We're talking about recruiting for this segment. And this is a DM from Alex. Like I said, uh, when I wrapped up the last segment, he sent in two questions. One is about recruiting. One is about just the strongest and weakest position groups on the team. Now we are talking about the recruiting one. And, uh... He said, which position does the coaching staff need to address the most in the 2023 uh, recruiting cycle? And that one is a little weird because, I mean, not not that it's a weird question, but it's a little weird for me to answer. Um, I want to say front four. And I'm I'm specifying front four because I want to make sure that it's very clear that I include the interior defensive line and the edge rushers um i can't say just defensive line because the edge rushers are going to be listed as outside linebackers and all that fun stuff um so i'll say front four because i really mean the three down linemen and the stand-up edge rusher or the two down linemen and the two stand-up edge rushers whatever combination it is i don't care um but i i'm going with the front four because i think right now i've talked about this a ton when you got interior defensive line you've got javon dexter and then kind of a bunch of question marks that are going to be playing full time i think that i think that's a a fair assumption to make or not even a fair assumption that's fair assessment to make uh and then when you look at the edge rusher you've got brenton cox jr and then chief borders is someone that we all like and prince liam and mialine is someone that we all like um but even then like Prince, if Princely erupts off onto the scene this season, we could see him go. Like, like that's what I mean. Where there's not a ton of guys where we know they're going to be here for a couple of years, like we have at corner. Like we have a, f- a few guys where we love them at corner, and we know that they're going to be here for a little bit. Um, looking at the interior defensive line, Javon Dexter's probably out this year. We're going to talk about him next segment because we got a question about him. But Javon Dexter's probably out after this year if he lives up to his potential. Brenton Cox Jr out of eligibility. We don't have an alpha in the room right now. And we could talk about people like Chief Borders who, who could become that, or Prince Leoman Mialin who could become that, or Chris McLellan who could become that. But the simple fact of the matter is we don't have that right now. We don't have anybody proven right now behind our top couple guys. Um, so for me, it's, it's just the front four because I'm also the type where I go, you can never have too many pass rushers or too many defensive linemen. You look at right now, the transfer portal, Florida is just actively going, we're trying to add a defensive lineman in the transfer portal. So yeah, and uh, oftentimes transfer portal could just mean one year with a guy. Like it's a senior year and he, he wants to be a starter and he's leaving. So it could be that. Um, so I, I think right now I'm going to say front four. Although... You know, it, it could also be linebacker where, where we don't have a ton of young, talented guys coming. We got Shamar James coming in. We've got some young guys like Scooby Williams and Derek Wingo, but even then, they could leave in a year or two. So I think that when you're looking down the line somewhere, you're looking at defensive line, you're looking at linebackers. Um, you know, and, and that's just where I'm at with it. I think receiver is another position you could list at. Um, I think you could always look at 
line at our offensive line. I think you could look at tight end, although we've got a lot of guys coming in this year. Um, but maybe no elite guys, which I, I don't really agree with, but I think we've got enough talent there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with, with front four as my position where I think, I think the coaching staff should kind of focus on this year. Um, especially when you become an increasingly pass happy game of football, I think you could always add offensive, uh, defensive linemen and, and pass rushers. Uh, the next DM and the, and the last DM for this segment, yeah, last DM for this segment is a DM from Tyler. Uh, he said, who's the number one recruit that you would want to add on offense and defense for 2023? Uh, I'm going to start with offense just because that's where he started. Uh, but offense, I'm going to say Arch Manning. Um, and I get it. A lot of you guys are going to hate that. I don't care how unrealistic some of you think it is when you go, we're not getting Arch Manning. Stop saying Arch Manning. Stop talking about Arch Manning. Uh, as long as Florida has a chance at Arch Manning, I'm going to say Arch Manning. And again, I don't care how unrealistic you think it is. Anthony Richardson could very well be gone after this year. And we have Jack Miller, which great. Like I- I'm fine giving it a whirl with Jack Miller the third. Um, but I'm not going to turn down Arch Manning because of Jack Miller the third. It's also just one of those things where I think it's silly to just say we don't want Arch Manning. Um for whatever reason, I, I, I don't care about the reasoning. Um, I think it's silly because Arch Manning is someone who is potentially going to be a program-changing quarterback, just in the sense of once Arch Manning commits to a football team, I fully expect other recruits, other high school recruits to also go, I'm going to go to that program and follow Arch Manning, um, whether it's receivers or defensive players, and just go, well, guess what? We're gonna go there, and we're just gonna we're gonna pile in, and we're going to be successful. We're going to build a championship program, um, and we have our QB already, which is usually the hardest thing to find. So I, I'm not going to turn down Arch Manning. I don't care if I have to pick one offensive recruit; it's going to be Arch Manning. And even if you go, who's the number one recruit you'd want to bring in, whether it's offense or defense or special teams? I don't care. I'm going to say Arch Manning. Uh, defensively, I'd probably say Malik Bryant. I know he's not, he's a four star most places. He's not this five star elite superstar like Arch Manning. Um, But I'd probably say Malik Bryant. I just think he's the kind of player where you can do so much with him defensively that I think you can't go wrong getting him on the team and just, and just getting creative schematically. Uh, I was talking about this a lot during the NFL draft because I was doing that live stream. Uh, And it came up a lot with multiple players. Like we talked about it with Jordan Davis from Georgia, where you just go, well, he's someone who instantly adds a lot of impact to your defense just by having the presence there. And I think Malik Bryant does that, especially when you look at, you could play him off ball. You could play him on the edge. You could play him wherever. And I, I think he should play the edge for the Florida Gators, mainly because we're going to run creepers. We're going to run sim pressure. We're going to do all these things where traditional edge rushers will drop back into coverage. And I think having one who could drop back into the cover, drop back into coverage without really missing a beat is something that many fans will overlook. Um, and I, I think that's just something where you have to go. That's like, that's a fantastic approach to take. And just adding a player like Malik Bryant is something that cannot possibly be overlooked. Uh, for defense. So I'd say Arch Manning offensively, Malik Bryant defensively, and if I have to pick just one recruit in general, it's going to be Arch Manning. Uh, we're about to get into future football questions, which we have two or three of those. Uh, but first, I'm going to talk to you guys about Bet Online because, I mean, March Madness is over. The NFL draft is over. Baseball season is well underway. We're a month through it already. Whew. NBA playoffs are heating up. 
And Bet Online is where you should go to make some money off all that. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. I've been using Bet Online for years now, and I couldn't be happier. It's got so much, not just basketball, baseball, football, not even just sports. You got reality TV, award shows, um, politics, financials, whatever it is. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. I almost forgot to show my phone when I did it. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about future football questions. Uh, got Josh Gardner, who we all we all know and love by this point. Uh, he said, I read an article the other day about a way too early predictions for next year's draft. AR-15 was included in the quarterback convo. Uh, in your opinion, what would he have to do to actually get into the first round? Talk anything less? No point in leaving early, in my opinion. Um, I agree that if there's anything less in the first round, he should just come back to college. Um, not, not even going, oh, just I want him to be a Gator again. Uh, just because he's still very young. <laughs> like He's still very young. Uh, he can go and, you know, I mean, if he stays for this year even, I believe he'd be senior bowl eligible as long as he graduates. Um, but also just I think he could be a first-round quarterback this year. I, I don't I don't think he's the type where we go, oh, he's going to be a fourth-rounder. Like, he's going to be first or undrafted, I think, at, at this point. Um, but I will say I think it's harder than ever to place a quarterback right now because everybody and their mother thought they had it figured out with Malik Willis this year. We all said he's incredibly raw. He's a fantastic athlete with a cannon for an arm uh, and just an, a ceiling so absurdly high he's going to go so early like we were comfortable with him going second overall to the lions but he ended up going 86th overall and i think it just shows the nfl's hesitancy taking a player like that but i will say the case with anthony richardson is a little different malik willis had size concerns anthony richardson does not have size concerns he is a mountain of a man uh malik willis played at liberty Anthony Richardson plays against the highest level of competition. And this, this year he'll start against the highest level of competition week in and week out. So that's not a concern either. And even when you look out of conference, we got Utah this year. Like, like this is not this cupcake division. There's not a cupcake schedule. Um, so I think the case for Anthony Richardson is a bit different. My biggest focal point for Anthony Richardson this season, if I were working for an NFL for an office is making sure he can make the right reads. Uh, because when you look at Josh Allen, when he was coming out of college, who is often who I've compared Anthony Richardson to, uh, you, you got the arm, you got the mobility, and Josh Allen was wildly inaccurate, but he can make solid reads uh, as a quarterback. NFL teams will see a big arm quarterback with insane athleticism and like it. But if you can be a big arm quarterback with insane athleticism and show that you have the mind to make the right reads, which we've seen him do already, by the way. I don't want to say he can't do it or he has to learn to do it. We've seen him do that already. Um, I, I think if you show that to NFL teams, though, and you do it more consistently, they will fall in love with Anthony Richardson as a prospect. NFL teams will always look at someone with accuracy issues, inconsistent accuracy, whatever you want to call it. Um, but they will they will look at that and say, we could fix that. But they'll always do that. They will always see a quarterback with accuracy issues and think we can fix that. It's a lot easier to just work on someone's throwing than 
to teach them the instincts about playing quarterback, which we know Anthony Richardson has the instincts already. When, when things aren't there, he knows how to create the play with his legs. He knows how to extend the plays with his legs. So we know the instincts are there. Um, but then you got the arm, the athleticism, the instincts. If you could read a defense consistently and make the right read consistently, they will go, we can fix that accuracy. We don't care. We'll just let him sit for a year and work on it. Or we'll play him right now and throw him to the Wolves and have him work on it. Similar to how Dan Mullen threw him to the Wolves by giving his first start against the Georgia team that had 15 uh, players drafted, five first-round picks from their defense. Yeah. Um, but Anthony Richardson legitimately has quarterback one potential. Like You could talk about CJ uh, Stroud. You could talk about Bryce Young. You could talk about Spencer Rattler coming back. Uh, I don't care, like a Phoenix from the Ashes. I don't care who you talk about. Uh, don't talk about Tanner McKee from Stanford. I'll, I'll slap you in the face. Um, but Anthony Richardson has legit quarterback one potential. He has all of the tools you could ask for. So we, we could legitimately see him be a top quarterback off the board next season. And then I also got a uh, DM about Jervon Dexter because, I mean, the DM said, PFF had Jervon going 25th overall to the Seattle Seahawks. Could that happen? Uh, they said Jervon. Obviously, they implied Jervon Dexter um, because I also saw this and I clicked on PFF's account and I saw the mock draft. And yes, they had Jervon Dexter going 25th overall to the S- to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think it could happen. Uh, I also think he could go considerably higher than that. Um, I mean, look, we're, we're a year out from the NFL draft, but and I'm so sick of NFL draft talk. But we're a year out from the NFL draft. Javon Dexter could be that. We look at the NFL draft, and I think when you look at the NFL in general, they prioritize two things from defensive linemen, pass rush ability and upside. You get to even say three things, pass rush ability, upside, and versatility. Um, and I think Javon Dexter presents at least two of those in pass rush ability and upside. This is also a different scenario than Zachary Carter was because no matter how much we love Zachary Carter, how much I love Zachary Carter, the fact of the matter is Zachary Carter will likely top out as a six to eight sack a year kind of guy, um, whether he's on the interior or the edge, probably playing both. And that's a that's a great thing, that, especially if you can get that out of a third round pick. Six to eight sacks a year is fantastic, by the way. Um, but Javon Dexter has the potential to legitimately become one of those dominant interior pass rushers at the next level where you could be a double-digit sack guy. Or even if he's not picking up double-digit sacks, he's going to be someone where you have to double-team him, so that's instantly clearing up other rushers. Uh, And if you don't double-team him, he's at the very least going to push the pocket and kind of disrupt the quarterback. Uh, Because we always talk about quarterbacks stepping up into the pocket. You can't do that if there's an interior rusher coming your way. And Javon Dexter can push that pocket and force that. So even if he's not picking up the the double-digit sacks, He's going to get the hurries, the pressures, the knockdowns. He's going to disrupt offenses. And I think NFL defenses, and I think NFL teams and front offices will look at him and say, we just add him to the defense and just let him do his thing. Let him pin his ears back. And he's going to help create plays for not only himself, but for others and help our defense to get off the field quicker, especially when you look at him in third and long and he just literally gets just go, I'm going. Like and when he doesn't have to think about the run, he doesn't have to think about anything. He just gets to get up field and go. I think you're looking at someone who's going to be a, a first round pick for sure. I think Florida is going to have a good 2023 draft. If things go even all right this year with our draft prospects. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen 
locked on NFL Draft, Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.